The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Love this text that came into 630-630 when we were talking about Yellowknife. Says, I lived in Yellowknife for three years. Fought fires up there for six years. It's my favorite place on the planet. I used to cover my bedroom windows with tinfoil during summer months for sanity's sake. And I'm just wondering that that's, that makes for an interesting conversation. Just before we get to our next guest, I have a couple questions for you. How far north in Canada have you been? Where's the farthest place north you've been? And what would be your favorite place in the world. This listener, it's Yellowknife of all of the places. Yellowknife. Now, I think I'd like to go back to Yellowknife. Would I say it's my favorite place in the world? No, I think you know what my favorite place is in the world so far anyway. But let me know at 6.30, 6.30. Would love to hear from you. All right, you know what? Uh, It's inevitable. We're all going to die. You know that. I know that. And more and more people are moving away from the traditional idea of burying a body in a casket and looking to green burials. Now, in Washington state, they have just legalized a process that turns bodies into human compost. And some cemeteries are starting to leave room for green burials where unpreserved bodies can be interred to naturally decompose. I was fascinated by this. Um, Curious to know what's happening on this front here in Canada. So we've dialed up Eric Lees, the former president of the Green Burial Society of Canada. Hi, Eric. Good afternoon, Jaylen. Thanks. How are things in Vancouver today? Nice, nice, yes. (laughs) Getting some good weather out there too, huh? Uh Uh-huh. All righty. So, you know what? Let's talk about uh, green burials. For, For those who aren't sure what they are, in a nutshell, what are they, Eric? Green burials are composed of four or five of the following components, uh, typically no embalming, a very simple casket or a shroud, um, no concrete liner, uh, a very simple memorial or a communal memorial, and some sort of habitat restoration or enhancement once the grave is filled. This is not a new idea, is it, Eric? Well, it really isn't, and and your listeners in the greater Edmonton area will recognize this as, well, wait a minute, that's just kind of like old-style country burial that my (laughs) grandparents used to use, and and that's absolutely correct. Uh, uh, This is kind of going back to the basics. Now, but over the past number of years, certainly burials have changed, becoming more elaborate, you know, with embalming, and you talked about the the, the coffins, the concrete, all that sort of stuff. Why do you think that some people are, are embracing this thought of returning to a more simpler burial? Well, I think it comes from a couple different uh, points of view, Jalen. I think that people consider cremation be, to be a softer touch on the land, even though there's a lot of energy and fossil fuels involved in, in cremating a body. Um, a lot of people think that um, natural burial is, uh, is more affordable. Um, and if you take the headstone out of the equation, it, yeah. it probably is, although we still need to uh, allow for the uh, acquisition and development of land. Uh, and I think a lot of people like to think that the land that they're buried in will ultimately be uh, returning to natural prairie grasses or maybe even trees um, native to the area. Uh, I was going to ask you, and you just touched on I said, you know, I was going to say, you know, is this a cost-driven thing? Is this an environmental thing? I, I, I'm afraid to look at my text line right now, probably uh, something along the lines of, ah, oh, just a bunch of hippies, you know, <laughs> wanting to do this, a bunch of environmentalists. What do you say to those folks? Well, actually, we, we've done a lot of research over the last 20 years. I'm a cemetery planner, and uh, 
we call people up at dinner time on the phone, you know, and we're one of those <laughs> sort of survey companies. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do with your body when you when you die? And the response to green par- burial is phenomenal. One of the highest responses we've ever received to green burial was when we were doing the cemetery plan for Fort McMurray. So that gives you a sense of the profile of people that are really interested in it. Unfortunately, it's not it's not widely available uh, uh, across Alberta. um, Although more and more municipalities are uh, are are considering it or have it in their plans. What is a cemetery planner? What do they do, Eric? Well, we think about places and ways to bury bury our our family and loved ones in 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 meaningful ways and uh whether that's cremated remains or traditional in-ground burial or or natural burial as we're talking about here uh we look at the whole scope of land uh land accessibility feasibility and uh and the business of of um of running and, and operating a cemetery is there a concern that we're going to run out of room to bury people there's a desperate need for cemetery land across North America. I call it the forgotten landscape. Planners, realtors, politicians just are not thinking, have not thought about cemetery land for 35, 40 years. And as our cities have grown out into the fringes of the urban areas, uh, we think about schools, we think about employment lands, we think about parks, but rarely are we thinking about cemeteries. There's a real crisis across, uh, across the continent. So what needs to be done on that front? I mean, okay, so we can think about it. We need to maybe make more room. How, how, what would you suggest to, to communities to, to do that? Well, we need to take an inventory of all the different types of cemeteries that are, uh, that are out there, both church, private, and public cemeteries. And then we need to simply do the numbers, you know, approximately seven people per thousand in a, in a population die every year. Is there enough land to accommodate them, especially if cremation has reached its peak uh, and uh, ensure that uh, there's, there's enough uh, room to bury our mm. dead? Is there, you know, well, besides the green burials, is there, is there a better, should we be looking at different ways? I don't know, maybe... I don't know. Do you, do you dig a little deeper? Do you stack people on top of each other, Eric? I don't know. Well, we the tradition. There's traditional burial, which is your old six feet under, Jaylene. Mm-hmm. Right? You're you're familiar with that. There's yeah. double depth, which is two people. Uh, in Holland, they will bury four or five people in a nine foot grave. Wow. Uh, and then they will reuse that grave after twenty or thirty years when um, when all the bodies have have decomposed. So it becomes a, a, an ongoing in perpetuity use of that little bit of geography for one or more families. was interested recently, and I, I started to be interested more in, t- in this conversation. It was about a year ago. I think I remember seeing an article. It was about, you know, putting remains into like a, a pod and a tree grows from it. Yeah, there's been a bunch of those around. Um, uh, they have not really caught on in uh, with funeral directors and in the marketplace. Um, there's various uh, devices for trying to grow a tree and cremated remains. But what people should know is that cremated remains are toxic. Mm. They're very salty and they, they're full of calcium. So there's a <laughs> you can't just plant a tree seed in there and expect it to grow. Now there are ways of amending the soil so that the, the cremated remains. Uh, can, are, are not as toxic, but um, th- th- you need to be careful of uh, of, of all these different uh, devices and make sure that research has been done.
one. Well, let's talk about what uh, just happened. I mentioned off the top in Washington State just legalized this process that turns bodies into human compost. And I think that there was a, a couple of different um, uh, organizations that are working on this. Uh, Seattle Cemetery, or re, it's called Recompose. Uh, what do you think about this? How does that work? Well, I think uh, I think this is, I mean, I'm excited about the idea that people are thinking more about how we're going to deal with this 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 corporal vessel into which we are born and, and which we leave behind. <laughs> um, so there's lots of creative um, uh, solutions coming forward. The recompose, I, I don't think that the research has been done there quite yet to go from, from a body to um, basically garden compost in 30 days. Bones persist for a yeah. long time. <laughs> You know, we all know that. Uh, forensic scientists know that. Yeah. And there's an awful lot of research around what it takes to uh, to recompose or decompose a body um, and in what uh, what medium, what soils, what compost it has to be included. Um, whether that catches on, I, I guess I got to say I'm a bit skeptical. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to do something that is that is meaningful, that is that is sacred to the process of, of dealing with with our bodies and, and and that of our loved ones. I'm not sure composting is really going to ring true spiritually for 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 people. Um, but then you know, the, a bit of an ick, Eric. There's a bit of an ick factor there, right? There is. There one, is. Yeah. But there was about cremation too, yeah, 100 years a, ago. Uh-huh. And look at what's happened in in you know three or four short decades. All of a sudden now, cremation is a, is by far the preferred means of disposition in in Canada. Well, I think part of that too is is cost. I mean, burials can be incredibly expensive. Well, the burial itself is not that expensive. All the rest of the stuff that comes with it. It is, right. Uh, uh, I mean, you you can spend tens of thousands of dollars on a casket, but you don't have to. You can spend money on embalming, but you don't have to. You can spend money on a very elaborate headstone, but you don't have Mm -hmm. to. Um, Now, there are really good reasons for every one of those things in our grief and and in our dying process, but, you you know, especially... Actually, in Alberta, you're very fortunate to have some fantastic uh, both public and private cemeteries that mm-hmm. that uh, that offer a traditional burial at, at what I think is a pretty reasonable price when you consider that that site has to be maintained mm-hmm. forever, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's a long time. Um, how many of these um, natural or woodland or green cemeteries are there in the country? There are dozens planned or in master plans. There are a handful, half a dozen, that have been formally approved by the Green Barrel Society of Canada. But keep in mind, we only um, began the certification process last September. Hmm. Um, and um, and the phone's been ringing ever since. So we fully expect that within a matter of time, there will be dozens of certified sites across Canada. Um, and that the, the we, we know the interest is growing, and I think that funeral directors and funeral homes will, will start to carry biodegradable caskets and uh, and be able to uh, assist families in that way. I guess, you know, the really big point about all of this too, and something that we need to do is we need to start having a conversation about death. People don't like talking about death, um, but I think if we talked about it more and made sure that our wishes are known, whatever those are, uh, that would go a long way to... Um, you know, pushing the conversation and, and maybe, you know, maybe seeing more of these green burial sites as well. 
Oh, I think you hit the nail on the head. I oftentimes talk about how we are not death literate in our society anymore. We've separated ourselves from the, the, the dying and the death and the grief process to such an extent now. We've farmed it out to, mm-hmm. to others to take care of. And I think we suffer psychologically as a society as a result. Uh, having that conversation around the dinner table, conversations like this, I think is really an important uh, thing to, to have happen. Well, and, and I think, you know, if you let the people, your, your loved ones, know what you want, then when it comes to, um, that limits the emotional um, decision-making when you're in the midst. I was talking to someone the other day who said, yeah, you know, they had there was no plans that uh, had been made, and so next thing you know, I'm spending, you know, thousands upon thousands of dollars for a casket because we can't bury them in a, in, a, in, a, in a plane casket. I had to have something else, had to have a pillow, all of this sort of stuff. And they said, when you look back at it, if those decisions had been made beforehand, if a plan had been put in place beforehand, it would have limited all of these almost guilt-ridden decisions that, you know, my friend had to make. Oh, you're absolutely right. And I think anyone over 40 that A, doesn't have a will, and B, has not talked to their family about uh, burial or cremation uh, really needs to get on it this evening. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? You're preaching to the choir here. My husband and I keep (laughs) talking about uh, getting our wills done and going to call a guy uh, soon to get it done. But we've been talking about it for years. We know we need to. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, we know that it's important. And we do talk about, um, and my husband thinks it's weird because I don't mind talking about death or, you know, oh, this song, if we were having a service or something like that, that song, you know, or whatever. He thinks I'm weird, (laughs) but I think it's important. Um, You know what, Eric, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. I think this is an important conversation and and I think it's going to be fascinating to see how this moves forward in the coming years. I really do. I agree. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Uh, that is Eric Lees with the Green Burial Society of Canada. If you want to find out more about it, uh, it's greenburialcanada.ca. Check it out there. Um, what do you think? I mean, you think about how much money you can spend uh, at a funeral and I'm, I'm probably preaching to the choir here. I Probably a lot of you have gone through this, and I know, um, you know, I know there's a number of great organizations. I've done work with a number of great, um, you know, funeral homes in, in this city who offer, you know, good prices, competitive prices, that sort of thing, but we also know that sometimes in the midst of, you know, our grief and we're being so emotional, we end up making poor decisions, or decisions that maybe, maybe not poor, but well, they might, you know, put you in the poor house because it can be quite expensive. Would you be interested in a green burial if it was available? Would you, Chedville? Let me know. Some of your comments coming in about that last conversation that we had with Eric Lees, the former president of the Green Burial Society of Canada. Uh, interesting. And I, I, again, I think it's... Um, I don't know. I, I, I find it interesting talking about death and I enjoy not enjoy, but um, cemeteries, for instance, don't freak me out. I find them rather fascinating to be truthful. And, and maybe that's because I spent a lot of time turning around, you know, Normandy and Belgium, going through a lot of World War One, World War Two sites. Uh, I, I just, um, they don't bother me. And talking about death doesn't doesn't bother me. Um, but I think this green side of it, if, you know, Eric was saying that we're, we're running out of cer- uh, a cemetery space in, in North America, although you think, oh, way north, but of course, if it's rock, how are you going to, you know, bury anything way down there? But um, 
I think that we're looking for different ways of doing things, and I think that's important. And again, when we have these conversations, it, uh, it pushes it forward. A couple of your texts, Mark says, what about an ocean burial and just feed the fish? Someone else says, Jay, this one out of Edson, why don't we combine green spaces like parks, playgrounds with cemetery? I wonder, uh, you know, on that front, I, I, I think I get what you're saying there, but um, uh, yeah, park in a, in a playground, does that diminish the, the reverence, um, the quietness, the, the stillness and the, uh, what is it, the honor uh, of a cemetery? What do you think? Or do you think that would be, you know, you know, bringing joy to something? I don't know. Curious to know. Um, how about this one? Uh, Jay says, uh, I read about a process where they can put your body in a canvas bag with decomposing materials. Yeah, we were talking about that. Then they add a sapling to the top of it and plant it so you become a tree. I like this idea. Is this even legal in Alberta or are there any Canadian companies uh, that do it? That's from Jay. Go to Green Burial Society of Canada to check that out uh, there, Jay. He said, you know, the tricky thing about that is that uh, the remains tend to be quite acidic, so it might be a little tricky to do that. This one says, Jay, there's a discrete crematorium a block from my house, the giant black cloud that bellows out every time. It's borderline startling. And this one, this is one of the dumbest things I have heard of in a long time. So keep them coming. Cole says, nobody should be buried. It should be mandatory cremation. Interesting. Uh, I'm 25. I've already told my loved ones I want the most eco-friendly but basic burial possible. I'd rather uh, have loved ones celebrate my life by throwing a big party and have an open bar for all my friends instead of buying me a $10,000 casket. I just need a cardboard box to sleep in when I'm dead. Another one says, yep, everyone should be cremated. And Cam says, cemeteries used to be parks 100 years ago. Okay, you got me on that one. Uh, it's 2.55 on the 6.30 chat afternoon news. Lots of texts coming in as well about um, where is the northernmost place you've visited in this country? or any country, really. And uh, what is your favorite place in the world? Because someone said that Yellowknife was their most northern and their most favorite. Lots of texts coming on on this one. You guys travel. Amazing.